0: I'm, Eric Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and in this series, we're building a firm foundation for you to receive your healing. And that firm foundation is the fact that healing is in the atonement of Christ, and we want to prove that to a way so that you absolutely know that for sure. You see, if you don't know that, healing is a hit and miss affair. Maybe God wants to heal me, maybe He doesn't, uh, and so there's no faith there because faith begins when the will of God is known. You know, when it's a matter of salvation or forgiveness. Christians generally have faith to receive because they're well taught in that area. They, they have a strong foundation for their faith because they know that Jesus purchased their forgiveness, their salvation on the cross, and so he did it for all, and therefore they can come and receive. But when it comes to healing, they don't have that same kind of faith because they don't know that there's the same basis for healing, that Jesus paid for all our sicknesses on the cross. And so they just say, well, maybe God wants to heal some, maybe he doesn't want to heal others. But I want to show you that sins and sicknesses are dealt with in the same way. They they are connected together. And so God doesn't deal with sickness in a different way that he deals with sins. And so we want to emphasize today just how Sin and sickness is connected together in the Bible, and so forgiveness and healing often go together. And um, we see this in Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not any of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. So again, we see those two together, sins and diseases, and God heals them all and he forgives them all, because the basis is the same. It's the atonement of Christ. We saw in Isaiah 53 the same thing. It says that Christ was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, literally pains, and acquainted with grief, literally sickness, and that was on the cross that he took our sickness. and and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we didn't esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs, literally sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, literally pains, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And so the Hebrew um, includes both meanings, griefs, emotional griefs and sorrows, and physical sicknesses and pains. And so it's true that Jesus took our griefs and sorrows and he took our sicknesses and pains, but some deny that. They deny any physical interpretation, but they're actually contradicting the Holy Spirit interpretation in the New Testament because when Mark, sorry, when Matthew 8 translates or interprets Isaiah 53 verse 4, when translating it into Greek, it clearly tran- uses a Greek word that definitely means physical, physical infirmities. It says, he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And those Greek words always mean physical healing. And so the New Testament confirms that physical healing is in the atonement Isaiah 53 goes on and says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. That's shalom, our wholeness, our healing, our health. That was upon Jesus, and by his stripes we are healed. So again, it's not just that he bore our sicknesses, but he died for our physical healing and our wholeness. And again, this is confirmed in the New Testament in 1 Peter 2.24. It says, he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that uh, we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness. And secondly, by whose stripes you were healed. So again, we see the two together consistently, that Jesus didn't just die for our sins, but he died for us to be healed. And that is how... The Bible is consistent on this subject. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Literally, he has made him sick with our sickness. When you make his soul an offering for sin. So again, he took our sin and he took our sickness. And then it goes on and describes the resurrection. He will see his seed. That is, he, he will live again because the prophecy is about him dying as a sacrifice, but now he will see his seed, and his seed is you, those who are born again through his work. He will see his seed, he will prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And you are the pleasure of the Lord, That's he died for you. It was the joy set before him when he died on the cross, was you, to, to have you safe in his hand. The pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And so, as long as you trust yourself into his hand, the benefits of his work will be applied to you and you will prosper in his hand. It says, he will see the labor of his soul, that's you, and be satisfied by his knowledge or by knowledge of him, by knowing him, by believing in what he did. My righteous servant will justify many, for he will bear their iniquities. And as we saw before, the word to bear the iniquities is the same word in verse 4 that was used to bear our sicknesses. So Jesus dealt with our sicknesses in the same way as he dealt with our sins. He bore them for us on the cross. Verse 12, Therefore I will divide with him a portion with the great, He will have a great inheritance, and he will divide the spoil with the strong. And that's you. He will share his inheritance, what he bought and paid for. He will share it with his people. They're described as the strong. These are the strong in faith. Those who believe in him will enjoy, partake in that inheritance. Because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressions, and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And so we see that Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness, that we might be made the righteousness of God, and also he was made sick with our sicknesses so that we might live in divine health. Sin and sickness, you see, belong together because sickness is part of the curse of sin. So Jesus had to deal with them together. See, we're not saying if somebody's sick that they've committed some kind of um, sin necessarily because many things, in our life are inherited, uh, you know, there are genetic things about us and so on we've inherited. Ultimately we've inherited any sickness from Adam, from Adam's sin. So don't assume if someone's sick, you know, that they've, they're some terrible sinner or something like that. But it is true, on the other hand, that sin does have death attached to it. The wages of sin is death. So if you do go into sin more and more, you go away from God, you go away from him who is health and life. And so you are more prone, you are more open to sickness as a result. Persistent sin in particular, persistent unforgiveness, will bring more darkness and sickness into your life. If Adam's sin opened the door to sickness, then, then our sin then can do also. But notice the gift of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, abundant life through Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give us full salvation, abundant life. So on the cross, he didn't just pay for our forgiveness. He paid for our abundant life. He overcame our sin. And he also had to overcome, therefore, the curse of sin, which is sickness. He had to do it all if he was to do a perfect work. He didn't just stop at dealing with our sin. He dealt with the penalty of sin and the curse of sin. He dealt with the sickness. And what he did on the cross, he did for everyone. And so he took all your sickness and he took all my sickness. He did it for everyone. Praise God. Not just your sins, but your sicknesses also. And so that gives you solid legal grounds to come to God and receive your healing. Just like you receive forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Galatians 3 also confirms this, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And in Deuteronomy 28, we see the curse of the law is every kind of sickness. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse, that is, he's redeemed us from sicknesses. Having, how did he do it? By becoming a curse for us. He took the curse on himself. He took the sickness on himself. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. When did he do it? He did it when he died on the cross. So when he died on the cross, he didn't just redeem us from sin, but he redeemed us from the curse of sin. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles, in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You see, God has promised blessing, the blessing on the human race, which includes healing. So Jesus took the curse of our sickness so that the blessing of healing might become upon us in Christ Jesus. In fact, in the resurrection, Jesus received the blessing of healing and health for us, every spiritual blessing for us, so that when we are put in Christ, that healing, that blessing now belongs to us. And now, We just, through faith, we believe what he did for us, and we can enjoy that blessing in our life. So sin and sickness are bound together. They're connected together by their very nature. And so there's no remedy for either sin or sickness except the cross. And if you understand that, that's really going to help your faith to receive. It's impossible that the remedy for sin and the remedy for sickness are two different things. When Jesus said, to Telestai on the cross. Paid in full. It is finished. Paid in full. He was talking about he's paid for our forgiveness and he's paid for our healing. And it's interesting that in the Bible forgiveness and healing are closely connected. They both uh, come from the cross. And one application of this is that our ability to receive healing, because I really want to emphasize the importance and help you to receive healing from God today. Your ability to receive healing actually depends on how close you walk with the Lord. You've got to walk in His light. You've got to walk in His forgiveness in order to receive healing. You see we're talking about the connection between forgiveness and healing. They come together. They're part of the same work of the cross. And so you need to be walking in the forgiveness of God, in the light of God, if you're going to receive the healing of God. I'm going to show you this in, from a few scriptures. That James, for instance, James 5, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save or heal the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if... He has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So it's interesting here, if, and he's saying here, sometimes, but not always, a sickness is connected to a sin. A sin can open the door to sickness. Open the door to Satan, because you're in the darkness, sickness operates. And so he says, confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. So sometimes it's necessary to, to repent of a sin to receive healing. So forgiveness and healing can be connected together, you see. Um, we need to understand. Uh, we need to understand that dynamic. If you want to receive healing from the Lord, that healing is freely available, but your ability to receive is affected by the condition of your heart. And if your heart is in sin, as it were, it's paralyzed in that area. Where your heart is in sin, it turns to stone and it's unable to receive the life of God. The arteries get hardened and the life, the blood, cannot flow to you. And it helps in this uh, to understand these dynamics, to understand the difference between positional truth and experiential truth or fellowship truth. Because positional truth is what we would call grace, is what God has given to us in Christ, that the moment we accept Christ, all these things are ours in Christ. Praise God, they they belong to us in Christ. But the fellowship truth is about the fact that the the amount that we can enjoy these blessings that belong to us legally, But how much we can enjoy them depends on how much we walk in the light, how much we walk in fellowship with God, because these blessings are communicated to us by the Holy Spirit. And so how much of that grace we actually enjoy depends on how much we are in fellowship with God in the light. And so these things are fellowship truth. Now, you see, the positional truth is all about grace. It's all unconditionally what God has done for us. It, it's, it, the establishment of the relationship in the first place is all by grace. For instance, when a father begets a son, the son hasn't done any work to become the son. It's just done for him. And now he's unconditionally that son. And certain things are his unconditionally. But then as the son grows up, there's a fellowship between the Father and Son, and, and the very nature of fellowship is controlled by the principle of reciprocity, or sowing and reaping. In other words, the, 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 the flow of life and, and how much the Son can receive from the Father depends on the Son as well as the Father. The Father may want to give all things to the Son, but how much the Son can receive and walk in depends on the Son. And so the principle of reciprocity is the measure you give is the measure you'll be, it'll go back to you. What you sow, you will reap. It's the, in the very nature of fellowship. If you draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. If you forgive, you'll be forgiven. If you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Everything is reciprocal. So when we sin... That doesn't change our positional truth, our standing with Christ, because that's unconditional. But it does affect our fellowship with God, how much light we live in. And it affects how much we can receive from God. You see, sin diminishes your heart connection with the Lord and your faith can only work in the light. It works according to the light that you're in. So the so the more you walk in sin, your heart is, is in less light. And, your faith cannot operate. Your faith is paralysed in the darkness. Now, God isn't withholding that healing from you, but your ability to receive is hindered by your heart condition. Now, it's not a matter that you're either in total darkness or in total light, in fellowship, out of fellowship. It's more like a sliding scale. There are degrees of light. And the closer you walk to the, to the Lord, you're in greater light, and more of his blessing you can enjoy. And so... The f- we need to understand that sin hurts, will hurt you every time, because it damages your ability to receive from the Lord. It causes the light that's in your, that your heart is under to get dimmer. Sometimes we can, even when we're sinned, you know, we're still aware of the presence of God to a degree, and that can deceive us into thinking everything's fine. But it's not. It's just that there may be a little candle in the corner of a room and there's a bit of light. But that's not how it should be. But we should be in the bright light of the presence of God. We need to adjust to what is really normal. And so all Christians, unless they're on the point of totally backsliding, they have some degree of light. But don't be satisfied with that. We need the Holy Spirit to expose any darkness in our heart so that we can be in a greater degree of his light. And so, Jesus is always our healer. He's paid for our healing. But when we don't walk in fellowship with God, our connection to his life is lessened, and it's harder for us to receive that healing. I want to see this connection in Luke 5 as well. This is the paralytic that was brought to Jesus, and it says that he was lowered through the roof, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Interesting. That In this case, his sin caused his paralysis, and so he had to receive forgiveness of sins before he was healed. Jesus went to the root of the issue, and of course the Pharisees then got upset, but he said, to prove that I have power to forgive sins, I'm now going to heal him, and he did. But notice, he dealt in that case with the sin first. And so forgiveness and healing, you see, go together. And it, they all come from the atonement of Christ. So sometimes to receive healing, you need to make sure there's no sin that's preventing you from receiving that healing. Don't, God isn't withholding from you, but your ability to receive is affected. You know, we see that with the women with the issue of blood as well. You know that she come behind Jesus when she heard of him. She come behind him and touched his garment. She's saying in her heart, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. And immediately she touched him, it says the power of God went out of Jesus and she was healed of her affliction. And this shows actually that healing was freely available. She didn't even ask Jesus from it, she just believed, took him at his word and came to Jesus and took it and received it. So that healing was on tap, it was freely available. And then when he got her to tell her story, he then said, daughter, your faith has made you well. In other words, it's through your faith you received my power. But then he says something interesting. He said, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Why does he say be healed? She's already healed. But what he's saying is now, walk in peace, that means walk in fellowship with God and walk in forgiveness with other men. Walk in peace, walk in fellowship and be healed. In other words, stay healed. Of your affliction, in other words, if she would have gone back to her sinful life, she would have lost her healing. She, if she wouldn't walk in peace, she wouldn't stay healed of her affliction. So again, can you see, sin and healing is connected. She needed to walk in peace and then keep her healing that way. We see that in the lame man at the pool of Bethesda in John five, after. Jesus healed him. He said to him, See, you've been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So, again, you see that sin was a factor in this man's sickness. There is a relationship, and this man needed to walk in fellowship with God to keep his healing. And so, make sure you're right with God. You know, there is one sin above all that will block you from receiving from God. You know, it, it says that if you believe uh, if that, Jesus, that healing is yours, Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Jesus said, whatever things you ask or desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And so you can receive your healing from God once you know it's his will and it belongs to you in Christ. You can believe you receive your healing. But then Jesus added a limiting condition for it to work. He said, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Now it's interesting here. Positionally, we are forgiven. And notice, we are in the family of God. He's talking to believers. He's saying, God is your father. So it's not an issue of whether you're in the family of God or not. You are. But now he's saying, in the family of God, you have a fellowship life with your heavenly father, with your brothers and sisters. And as far as salvation is concerned, we're forgiven. But as far as fellowship life is concerned, there is a fellowship forgiveness also. And if you don't forgive your brother, your sister, then your fellowship life with God will be blocked. We're not, it's not, he's not talking about losing salvation, but losing fellowship with God. So if you walk in unforgiveness, God is saying, your sins will not be forgiven and you will have a toxic build-up, you see. The darkness in your life will increase, and you'll find it harder and harder to receive from God. That's why unforgiveness is a particular blockage to receiving healing, you see, because of the principle of reciprocity. If you don't forgive others, neither will God release you from your sins. And so any sin you've committed, you try and cast that burden off, but actually it's still there, it's still a blockage. And so it builds up, toxic build-up. 1 John nine. actually, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is actually a way of excretion. You excrete your sin, you get rid of it. But you are unable to do that. If you're walking in unforgiveness, you can't release the burden of your sin and you have a toxic buildup inside you and you begin to lose your way and you go into increasing darkness. That's why Jesus said, Forgive us our debts in the Lord's Prayer, as we forgive our debtors. And so often Christians deceive themselves. They know they ought to forgive. And and so they say, Yes, I've forgiven them. But you know that they don't. They haven't, because they're still harboring ill will towards that person. They haven't really released it, they've buried it. And that's why Jesus said, Don't forgive from the heart. Uh, He says, Bless them. Pray for them. Make sure you have no ill will in your heart. Release them to God. Let God be their judge. And, you know, if you don't forgive from the heart, it's like that the root of that unforgiveness is still in you. The, the blade of grass is above the surface, and you say, oh, I forgive them. And you're just cutting off the blade. But the root is still in, in your heart. You still resent them. And so what Jesus said, forgive from the heart. Pull it up. Pull that bitterness up by the roots. Otherwise, you're going to have a problem um, actually getting your sins out of your system so that God can cleanse you and you can walk in the light. And so whatever they do, forgive them freely. Don't hold ill will. Pray for them. Bless them. Um, But of course, if they're not repentant, then you're, you're more guarded with them. God isn't telling you to be a doormat. So you can only really forget, forget the sin and act as if they never did it if they truly show repentance. Then you can trust them again. But either way, whatever, you need to forgive them from your heart for your own sake and give them to God. And that way, God will forgive you and your fellowship with God will be restored. Then you can come to God and receive your healing without any problem. Amen. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth, but we need your help. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you you can find a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. We've been studying how... To receive healing, we must walk in the presence of God and receive his life, his presence. And that comes by valuing his presence, his anointing above everything. And this series, Seeking the Face of the Lord, is all about seeking his presence and letting his presence fill our life. And that's where healing comes from being in the presence of Jesus so let me encourage this will fine tune your heart so that you will value and seek the presence of God above all other things you can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel you're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School Headington, Oxford ox x 37 qh